We have this morning the story in the parable of the prodigal son, as this parable that we are so familiar with and we could argue is one of the most known parables that Jesus tells us. I think um, one of the things about this parable is the name. We, have, we call it uh, colloquially the parable of the prodigal son. But two people are missing from that title. As we heard at the beginning, there was a man who had two sons. And then one of the biblical scholars I, I was reading for this, this weekend's homily, it was, uh, he had a different name for this parable. And I think it's, uh, it sums up and encapsulates more of the themes and uh, what Jesus is trying to teach and explain to us in this powerful parable. He called it the compassionate father and the two lost sons. The parable of the compassionate father and the two lost sons. Because this man is a father. He is a father that is full of mercy and compassion for his sons. He is striving throughout this parable to reach out and, and be in relationship with his two sons. Because at times, as we see, there is, there is distance, there is tension in their relationship. Not just with the younger son, the prodigal, but with the older son as well. Also, uh, there are times when we try to see, am I the prodigal son or am I the older son? And this can be a good thing, you know, trying to see am I, which way am I acting, which way am I living? But I want to lead us today through a different lens, the lens of the Father, the lens of this most compassionate Father as we walk through this story again today. One of the things I find helpful in, in understanding the, the mercy of the Father is some of the Middle Eastern context of, and, and cultural understandings of what was going on in this time because it adds drama to the story. It, it gives us a, a new impact of what actually is happening. We begin with the, the culture of the elders, the culture of the Father. And so, as we know, fathers are honored, and especially they were honored in the time of Christ in the Middle Eastern uh, culture. They were honored, and their family wealth was not really in, in physical money, whether that was coins or uh, money in the bank. Their, their wealth was contained in their property, contained in their flocks of animals, and, and uh, contained in their buildings that were around, around them. And it wasn't just one single family that was on this plot of land. This was an entire family that had been building up this, this area, their, 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 uh, their land, for generations after generations. They were able to trace back, you know, who was here first and then who followed them. That they was the father of so-and-so and the father of so-and-so, as we hear in the, in the genealogies uh, of Christ. And so when a, uh, the younger son comes to his father and says that he wants his share of the property, as we know, he is saying, Father, I, I don't care about you. I just want what is mine. I want my, my things. I want my inheritance. And I want the money. And I want it now. I don't want to wait. So he is effectively saying, Father, I want you dead. Now, this type of interaction was permissible by Jewish law. 
This was permissible for uh, the, while the father is still alive to, for him to give his inheritance to his son. But he did not have full rights to be able to, um, to like, possess it, if that makes sense. Let me try to explain that just a little bit more. So the father still had control over what was done or what was, what was going on. But the, the, the sons, especially the oldest son, they got the largest share of the inheritance. Um, they weren't able to, you know, have the, the authority over it quite yet. But the younger son asked for this. The father, as we would imagine, should have uh, been expressively angry, expressively hurt because of this insult, this grave insult that was done, not only to him, but to the entire family, the entire culture. And so then this younger son gets his, uh, his father surprisingly, shockingly, gives away his inheritance, you know, gives it to him, to the younger son. The older son in this instance is very much angered by this as well. And we'll, we'll tie him in at the very end today. So we have our younger son working and uh, then he sells this property. This would have been an entire shift for their family. Trying to understand, okay, we're, we're losing this plot of land and, and these the number of animals. You know, how, it's just a major shift for them. While the law was not broken in this instance, a relationship was. While the law was not broken uh, because it was permissible by Jewish law, the relationship between the younger son and the father, between the father and the entire community, and the younger son, this was ruptured. This relationship was broken. So we think the, the father should have responded and said no. If you, uh, even to, to, this own, to our own day, if you went over to the Middle East and, and explained to them this story, they would have said no one would have ever allowed this. And yet we have the father in our story allowing this to take place, the, the, the giving away of his inheritance, this, allowing this relationship to be broken. But then the younger son goes away. He's um, you know, doing his own thing. But then as, as Jesus tells us, he comes to his senses. He realized this relationship was broken. And he runs and, and begins going back uh, step by step, thinking because of this great act of harming this relationship, that it is irreparable. He says, no longer am I worthy to be called your son, to be... Uh, separated from him for forever. And yet, brothers and sisters, what does this father do? He embarrasses himself and runs after his son. There is a Middle Eastern proverb that goes like this, that the elder's robe should never flow. Meaning that the, the younger, the, uh, the, the junior, so to say, that they were always to go to the elder that the elder uh, should never have to run or uh, hike up his robes to do anything, to be served because of their wisdom and experience in life, to be respected and honored and cared for. And yet this father embarrasses himself. He humbles himself and runs to go after his son. He wanted to be the first one to get there. Why? Because if anyone else in the family 
if they got there first, they could perform the rite of um, uh, where he is disowned from the family. If anyone got there first, they would have been able to perform this ceremony. And he, this younger son would have been cut off permanently. And yet the father is the first one to get there. Why? Because he was moved with compassion. He was looking for his son to return and come back into relationship with him. Even though that, that relationship was, was so damaged and so harmed, the father ran to his son to say, come on back into my family. Come, come on home. And this relationship is restored. What a powerful gift uh, for this younger son who says, um, who, who thought that this relationship was unredeemable. The father redeems it. Throughout the, all three parables that Jesus gives today, we could have a homily on just, eat, on just one of those. We'd be here all day, and then we would continue into 10 o'clock Mass. <laughs> I won't do that to you. One of the themes that we see in all those parables is the overreaction of the one who finds the thing that is lost. The overreaction of the one who finds the thing that was lost. Whether that was a lost sheep, just one out of 99, that's not very good odds, about 1%. It would have been better just to keep, let that one go. But no, the shepherd goes in search of that sheep to bring it back and says, look, I have found my sheep. Come rejoice. Let's have a celebration. Or the one lost coin worth a penny. And then the, the woman saying, come, let us celebrate. I found my penny. Would you go to such a party? But most importantly, brothers and sisters, we have the son that was lost, that is welcomed back into the family. This is worthy of celebration. And now we have the older son. We'll just talk about him for a moment. With the older son, he is arrogant. He is proud. He thinks that um, he also had his own difficulties with his relationship with his father thinking that he was distant from him. They didn't have this, uh, this, this uh, loving relationship. It was more of a duty relationship. This is why the father says, all that I have is yours. Come and celebrate with me. But we don't actually know what the older son does because the father had to humble himself yet again to leave the party in celebration of the younger son returning so that he can go out and invite his older son to come into the feast. Again, this was an embarrassment to the family, and yet the father did it willingly because he cares about the relationship. He wants the relationship with his sons to be restored, to be healed, to be made new. I wonder what the, the older son actually did. We'll have to find that out and have Jesus finish the story for us one day in heaven. The theme today is this the parable of the merciful father. Because the themes of these three parables are focused about the sinner who repents. And the, the overreaction of those who found the lost. And most especially, Jesus is trying to teach us about the mercy of our heavenly father. The mercy of our Heavenly Father that is incredible. Who, where God humbles Himself so much that He became man. 
where God humbled himself and allowed himself even to go to death. Humbling himself even lower than a slave so that we can be saved. We can be redeemed. Our relationship with God can be restored, can be healed. Where even those times when we feel that we are not worthy to be called God's sons or daughters, God says to us, no, come, come be with me. Come enter into the master's joy. Come and celebrate because the son or daughter that was lost has been found. That you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we, brothers and sisters, are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father who comes to search for us and find us and um, throws us an incredible feast, allows these, this relationship to be restored and the gates of heaven to be opened to us so that we can have hope and joy and uh, faith and love, all the, the gifts and virtues of God to be with us, to sustain us on our journey that for what was lost has been found. And this relationship with our Heavenly Father has been restored. May we uh, today be filled with this hope that God has called us and invited us back. May we turn away from sin and turn back to Christ, the one who has saved us, redeemed us, and brought us this gift of new life. May we have this hope of receiving this great mercy of our Heavenly Father today. Amen.